Podcast, your place for personalized professional learning to go. Join me as I discuss educational topics that empower educators to take control and ownership of their own professional learning. I'm your host, Mel Vandevoort. Empowered Educator and Digital PD for You have partnered together to bring you the Ignite Leadership Virtual Summit coming March 2021. This virtual summit will highlight leadership knowledge and wisdom of educational leaders. Submit your proposals now to be part of this event. A link to more information and the proposal form can be found in the show notes. We are proudly partnering with Wakelet and Pear Deck for this event. Hello, everyone. I have a super special treat for you today. Today, I am interviewing the first ever real-life guest on Empowered Educator. And with, as with everything I've done so far, this is a learning curve. So um, bear with me because it may not be perfect. Um, Daphne McMenemy is an educator, author, and speaker Her first book, Gracie, is about a young girl whose learning is brought to life when her teacher introduces her to coding and a new way of thinking. It's based on her personal experiences in the classroom. As a child and young adult, Daphne was focused on becoming an educator with purpose to improve the lives of her students and make an impact on their educational journey. As an educator for the past 15 years, She has created opportunities for children in her classroom to explore learning in innovative ways. Using STEM to engage children as young as kindergarten age in discovering learning through coding, she develops numeracy, literacy, and computational thinking skills through creative exploration. Her experience in the classroom has proven to support even the most hesitant learners in building confidence in their abilities and engaging in the learning process. Daphne is committed to building relationships, meeting students where they are, appreciating each individual, and finding opportunities to engage and motivate students in creative and innovative ways. Her newest venture allows her an extensive creative outlet as the managing director of Codebreaker Inc. Jealous, because Brian is so cool. So Daphne, I am so excited to have you on Empowered Educator as my very first ever guest. So welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell the few people out there that might not know where you live, where you currently reside. So I am actually in Canada. I am in Ontario and I live in a town called Oakville, which is about 45 minutes um, west of Toronto. And I teach in a city called Brampton, which is about half an hour west of Toronto. And I know absolutely nothing about Canada. I need to get out a map so I can know exactly where everything is. Um, I I've watched a few things where it, that had taken place in Canada. Um, I like a mystery show <laughs> that takes place in Canada. And so I kind of know a little bit about Toronto, but just from that. And it's set like in the old days, like in the 1800s, I think. So, but welcome again. Super excited to have you. But we're going to do some fun stuff first. So first, tell me something quirky about yourself. 
Quirky. Oh dear. That just defines exactly who I am. I just <laughs> am <laughs> quirky. I just am. Um, oh dear. Quirky. Um, honestly, that that's, I don't know if I can pick just one thing. I just sort of am. That's just You're me. just quirky, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and um, that's just sort of me. And that's okay. That's okay. And sometimes quirky is, I mean, like, it's very interesting to be a quirky kid. Like one of my um, students I had a long time ago, he was, um, he had a very, very high IQ and he was just the quirkiest thing ever. And I just love that kid because he was just quirky and he didn't care. And like he did, he was oblivious to anything the other kids thought he was quirky about. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we're going to play a couple of rounds of Would You Rather. All right, I'm ready. All right, so would you rather give up your computer or give up your pet? Oh, God. Um, do you have a pet? I hope you I do. <laughs> what I do. kind of pet do you have? Oh, we have three. We have a cat, we have a dog, and we have a tortoise. Oh, Okay. Um, Oh God, no! I'd have to say I'd I'd have to give up the computer. I do I do like the pets quite a bit. I understand. I understand. I it would be hard for me to give up mine too. I have dogs, cats, and reptiles. Also, I have a bearded <laughs> dragon though. So, all right. So, would you rather have X-ray vision or bionic hearing? X-ray vision or bionic hearing? Ah. Uh... I think I'd go with vision. I don't, I don't know that I want to hear everything everybody has to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'd want vision. I have terrible vision as it is. So <laughs> I think bionic vision might just get me back to where I should be. Yeah. And uh, like you said, um, hearing everything that everybody has to say, sometimes you don't want to be privy to conversations no. that, <laughs> I do that you're not. not meant to be privy to. So, <laughs> all right. So number three, would you rather meet an alien visitor or travel to outer space? Oh, I'd like to travel to outer space. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big NASA nerd. Yeah, I think that would be really cool to to travel out there and see what's out there. So, all right. So we're going to move into the educational part of our time together. So what is your current position in the educational realm? What is your job? I am a teacher. I've been a teacher for the past 15 years. This year, I am teaching grade one and two. Um, in the area where I'm teaching, we have what we call split grades, which essentially means I have two grades in the same classroom. So I'm teaching two different curriculums at the same time. Um, I spent the last three years before this year in kindergarten, which is uh, where my heart is really, to be honest. My heart is in early, um, early primary education, so in the K-1 space. Before that, I spent about eight years, uh, sorry, six years back and forth between grade one and two, and the prior five between uh, grades two and three, and a little bit of grade four. So I've spent most of my career in uh, in, K, in the K to three space, and I love it. But uh, the younger the the minds, the the more fun I seem to have. Yeah, 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 um, yeah definitely. They are definitely lovey little creatures. <laughs> I have a a seven year old grandson, so um, he's right there in that age age range. So and they're a lot of fun. So I know that in um, Canada, you guys maybe do things a little different with kindergarten. I heard something on another um, interview that you had done, something about they do two years in kindergarten. Is that correct? 
Yeah. So where I am in Ontario, we have a two-year kindergarten program. So ideally what happens is uh, our students come to us and they stay with us for two years. Um, it used to be called uh, junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten. And since we moved into the full day model, uh, it's now called year one and year two. So our kindergartens um, come to us as young as three, as long as they're turning four by the end of that calendar year. <laughs> That's what everybody says when wow. I tell them that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 uh, we've had kids who, you know, their birthdays are on December 31st. So as long as they turn four by December 31st of that year, they are welcome to come to school to start kindergarten. Um, and they leave us in after their second year, they leave us, um, either having just turned six or turning six before the end of that year. So it's a huge, huge range of academic abilities and cognitive abilities and just general abilities in, you know, in total, you'll, you'll have kids coming in at three, uh, at this, you know, the same day as kids coming in who are almost six. So, oh, wow. So huge range. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. It was the biggest learning curve of my career was stepping into kindergarten. Um, and it was, is, it remains one of my most favorite places to be. So you guys don't do like a pre-kindergarten with your, your three and fours? We, not with our three and four-year-olds, no. We have, um, our provincial education system starts, um, as long as they turn four by the end of that calendar year then they are welcome to begin kindergarten. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of, it's probably, I would have trouble teaching like that wide of a range of um, abilities because, you know, three-year-olds are totally different than six-year-olds. So. Yeah. yeah. It's um, like I said, it's, it was, it was, it remains the most challenging thing I've ever done in education. Um, and, you know, each year that I taught definitely got easier in terms of my ability to sort of understand, you know, what they were going to be like when they showed up on that first day, just because I'd had more experience with it. But every mind is so, so, so different. So, you know, what you may have had one year in our first year of kindergartners could be something completely different from the the following year. Right. So, right. But I love it. I can't lie. Awesome. Awesome. As I, uh, as I got older, I, I chose to, to go up in age on my kids <laughs> that I was teaching too. And I actually ended in sixth grade, but I've taught everything from pre-K through high school. So mm-hmm. definitely a wide range there too. So, all right. So, um, besides making you even more cool than you already are, tell us what it's like to work with the Brian Aspinall at Codebreaker Inc. You know what? It's amazing. What can I say? What can I say? I can it's pretty, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty wicked place to be. Um, so Brian and I met uh, virtually a few years ago, just through, through social media. I'd been following his journey on social media for quite some time. He's a pretty epic educator in Canada. Um, and I had seen a bunch of stuff that he had done, uh, you know, visits to classrooms and things that he was doing in his own classroom. And I was just in awe of, of all that he had accomplished, especially with technology. Um, I am a huge, huge, huge advocate for technology integration in the classroom. I am a giant computer nerd. Um, so everything that he had done, I just thought was was pretty fantastic. Mike, um, a gentleman, um, the, a, a mutual friend of ours, rather, had... Um, introduced us sort of in, in conversation. Um, he mentioned my name to Brian. Um, he had seen me at a conference that I was at. 
Brian reached out to me and asked if I wanted to uh, write for his website, write a blog post for his website. So obviously totally jumped at the chance. And um, I wrote for his website. It was to date or to, to that date, the, the biggest thing that had happened for me, I thought it was such an incredible experience to be able to um, not only to just, you know, chit chat with him, but to, to be able to have that opportunity um, to have something that I write to get out to the audience that he reaches was pretty unreal for me. So I was super, super, super grateful. Once that uh, blog post was published, he reached out to me a couple of months later um, and just through a DM on Twitter. And he had asked if I had ever considered writing a children's book. He was dipping into um, children's book publication at the time. And he had had two books out or two books on their way out. Um, and he, he reached out said, have you ever considered writing a children's book? And I remember responding saying, um, I have, but I've never known how to start. And he responded with what I hold near and dear to my heart now forever is you just start. And I remember reading those three words and, you know, so simple three words, but yet so incredibly powerful. And I remember I was in my backyard at the time. It was July. I grabbed, or it was June rather. I grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and I just started writing ideas down. I knew immediately what it was that I wanted to do, what I wanted to write about. I ran some ideas by him. Um, he loved them and I just kind of went with it. So we had developed uh, a working relationship as I was writing Gracie for those few months. Um, and then in the, the following year, so we're actually this year, I guess in the spring, he was looking at um, publishing another book, uh, a leadership book by a gentleman by the name of Mike Hines and the book is called Staying Grounded and he had asked if I would consider editing the book for him so I jumped at the chance I got to meet Mike who was an incredible person he's a great author uh, fantastic leader he's out in New York um, and I got to read his book so it all of a sudden I was sort of doing something completely different um, it was, it started just as the pandemic here started to lock everything down. So I was sort of trapped at home. I was teaching during the day and then I was reading and editing, you know, through my lunch hour and before and after school. Um, and as a result, Brian and I just sort of dealt with friendship because we were working constantly, um, together and, you know, after staying grounded, it started to happen. Somebody else approached us and or approached him and said, Hey, you know, I hear you're publishing. Can I, you know, are you interested in my book? And it just sort of kind of happened that way. It was, it was really uh, fluid. It, we, we work very, very well together. And um, next thing you know, it was one book and two books. And now, you know, we're, we're plus 20 under the Codebreaker name. So, wow. Um, that was yeah. quick. Yeah. It's been an incredible nine months to what's today's the eighth. So as of the 12th, ours is the 13th. March 13th was when we say the world shut down for us. And, um, and that's the day we just decided to go for it. So, you know, from there, we, we, we built a website and we, um, Brian had a great social media following. We, mm -hmm. I just kind of, uh, piggybacked on that. And, um, we, we take care of, of all of our, our authors together. We work on social media. We got the website, um, Codebreaker Inc. itself, uh, beyond publishing, we also do consulting, um, professional development, all that sort of stuff. So we just sort of, we just sort of really clicked our creative brains mesh really well together. Um, and, you know, the ideas that I don't have, Brian has what he has that or what I 
had that he doesn't, it just, it works really, really well together. You just sort of click and, um, and it's been, it's been amazing. It's been an incredible learning experience too. never, if you had asked me, let's say 10 months ago, if this is anything that I thought I would ever be doing, it wouldn't have even been on my radar. I wouldn't have even known that this was an opportunity that existed. And wow. now, yeah, now I just, I don't see life without Codebreaker. Right, right. You know, like it's just, it's what I do. It's who I am. I'm so, so, so incredibly proud of, of what we do and, you know, what we stand for. And it's something that I I, I, I love to do. It's become a little bit more logistically difficult as we've come back to school. I mean, in the summer, obviously I had all the time I, I wanted to. So once school started back, I had to kind of uh, divide my time up, obviously have school. So my days typically start between 4.30 and 5 and I'll sit um, and, you know, editing and um, I'll often edit through my lunch hour if it's something uh, that we're looking that needs to be uh, put out in a timely manner. So, right. and you know, I, I, I find that time to, um, to do that. And it's, it's amazing. The people I've got to connect with the, the things, the personal things that I've learned from connecting with our authors are on another level. And it's just, it's just been crazy. And to be able to learn what I have from Brian for, um, you know, for, for the business side of things, for social media, for our website development, and just, you know, the interpersonal skills have been something that I could have never, never, ever, you know, thought that I'd be here. I'm so, so grateful for it. Yeah. He's, he is like a super personable guy. Like he reached out to me on Twitter. I, I posted something or he may have posted something and I responded or something. And then he saw that I was doing empowered educator podcast. And so he kind of reached out to me and I thought, you know, that's, that just doesn't happen very often. Right. You know, most of the time, anybody that's as well-known as him, they don't reach out to you. You have to reach out to them and then they might answer you. So <laughs> But definitely, I've gotten to know him a little bit through Twitter also and just um, chatting back and forth that way. And he just seems like a super, super down to earth, super real guy. Yeah, he, he very much is. He very much is. And hopefully we can get him on here very soon. <laughs> We've been trying, but um, our schedules have kind of not meshed well here lately. So yeah. hopefully very soon. So tell me about Gracie. Gracie. So Gracie was my passion project brought to life. Um, thanks to Brian. Uh, so Gracie started, like I said, over a conversation of, Hey, have you ever considered writing a children's book? And I knew immediately what I wanted to write about. I knew it had to be about a little girl. Um, I am a girl. I have a little girl. I knew it needed to be about technology. Um, I was, I was, am still very, very passionate, like I said, about the integration of technology. And I was at a point in my career where I found myself, I found myself really needed to convince other people why it was so important um, and, you know, why there were things we could do with technology that pencil and paper weren't going to cut it anymore. Right. So I just thought that for me, this just made the most sense. Um, Gracie herself is based on, uh, her character is sort of a portrayal of four students that I'd had that year that really, um, really, really made a difference and impact on me. Um, so were they know, all girls? No. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. No. So this is he, a collaboration between yeah. four yeah. boys and girls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she is this, you know, young student 
who is just sort of going to school because she has to go to school. And then her teacher introduces her to a robot named Gobot. And she teaches Gracie how to code. And through that, Gracie discovers this sort of world of learning that she didn't know existed. Um, you know, the, that basket of dinosaurs that, you know, she would play with on the carpet now became her little imaginary world where she could code Gobot to travel through it. Um, you know, she was using in the story, there's, um, she uses her imagination to uh, travel to space with Gobot. And there's a whole bunch of instances like that. And the story for me was really to have readers understand that, you know, coding is so much more than just a robot and an iPad or a computer, that it's all of those other things that we're getting out of um, the technology that we're using. The technology is a tool and what we're learning as a result, what our kids are learning as a result is something that will help them successful, uh, be successful rather um, in anything that they do. And Gracie was born as a result of, me wanting to show the world how important this type of learning is, especially for our students today. Yeah. And, you know, kids are so much more open to yeah. learning something like that. Like even as, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with technology, but coding kind of scares me a little bit, even as comfortable as I am. And so I just, I, I feel like kids, they just, they don't care. They're going to try and they just, they, they, can be fearless, especially yeah. when it comes to that stuff. So, you know, I totally agree. It's, you know, it's, this is, it's here and they are embracing it big time. So absolutely. So absolutely. where did the name Gracie come from? So Gracie was, Gracie was originally named Ruby. Um, I had picked the name Ruby because I'd read a story to the kids. I really liked the story. The character's name was Ruby. I thought I'd go with that. And then I had come to learn that Ruby is associated with uh, coding in many other spaces. So I didn't want to use that. Um, Brian had actually sent me a list and he said, hey, why don't you pick a real life person to name Gracie after? And I remember he sent me this link to a website. It was eight uh, pioneers, eight female pioneers in STEM. And I went through the list and the only, uh, I wanted to pick somebody that I hadn't heard of before. And so the person, first person on the list that I found was a lady by the name of Grace Hopper. And so Gracie is um, named after Grace Hopper, who was an, an admiral, admiral, excuse me, in the U.S. Navy. And she uh, developed a coding language using um, English words. So up until then, coding was all binary, zeros and ones. And mm -hmm. um, Grace Hopper really felt that it would, we would be able to reach more people if she could turn that code into um, English language, something that people could understand. So she created a language, she was part of creating a language to code um, for, that people could understand, but also that computers could understand. So yeah, well, that's who Gracie is. Definitely well thought out on that yeah. end of things. So pretty so. epic. Gracie is a, a pretty cool name now. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So what inspired you to become an educator? What inspired me to become an educator? You know, somebody asked me that question recently. Um, I'm actually, I'll, 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 I'm going to plug my friend, Brandon. So Brandon uh, Beck is, uh, I met him through Codebreaker. He's one of our current authors. And um, the book he's writing is called Unlocking Unlimited Potential. And I say this not to try and sell his book or anything like that, but um a big portion of his book is about your why. And he has uh, one of the reflection areas that he has in the book is for um, us as educators to kind of go back to that why and, and wonder and reflect on um, why you became an educator or maybe why you had and how, and if it's different now, why is it different? What is it now? 
And it really made me stop and think about why I became an educator. And I couldn't, I honestly couldn't think of anything other than I just really enjoyed teaching. Um, I, it, I loved, I used to volunteer in schools when I could, when I was in high school, uh, when I was in university, had some spare time, I'd volunteer at the elementary school up the street. I just really enjoyed it. Um, you know, when I sort of did some more deep reflection, I had some um, teachers in my educational career that really, really made an impact on me as a student. And I think they are why I became a teacher. I just, I wanted to, to be able to not pay it forward, but I wanted to be able to make other people feel the way I was made to be felt by these particular uh, teachers. You know, I had a, a teacher, Mr. Terry Marshall was my grade six teacher. Um, and then when he was just a phenomenal teacher and I, I can't tell you what he taught me, I can't tell you, you know, I could give you little clips of things I remember from 20 years ago, but to be honest, I, I just remember that he just made me feel like I wasn't a number, you know, and he was, yeah. he was just a really, really good person. And he, he cared about us as students. He was kind, he was compassionate, he was empathetic. And I just remember really enjoying going to school that year. Um, and, you know, and then I had another educator, uh, Mr. Nolan, he was my French teacher in grade eight. Uh, Mr. Brennan was my grade 11 chemistry teacher. He was amazing. And then, you know, straight into university, Professor Carly was uh, a professor that I had in my last year of university. And I mean, you're in university, you are a number in university. The numbers are just so big. You have to be a number. Right, and right. we weren't a number to him. So again, you know, he gave me that same feeling that, that those other teachers had. And I just, I don't know, I just had always decided that I really enjoyed it. And what, to be honest, when I started university, I had no intentions of going into education. I didn't decide to go into education until the year I decided to go into education. Um, when I started university, my path, I was headed to uh, somewhere, something to do with children. I was thinking maybe child psychology or some kind of um, social work, something like that. And then it just sort of um, sort of changed from there. I changed those majors and I ended up moving into law. I, I enjoy uh, learning and studying about um, our legal system. So and I that, should have contacted you during my law class. That was so <laughs> well, strenuous. <laughs> can't say I know much about it. I just sort of enjoy it. And, you know, when I when I graduated, um, I just I don't know. Decided, you know, I just I really think I just want to be a teacher. Um, so I, I applied for our our B Ed programs here, and uh, and I just went for it. And it's been. It's I and I've always said to people I was born to be a teacher and and I and I firmly firmly believe that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I started as a business major when I started college, and I I was within twenty seven hours of graduating, and I'm like, I hate this. I hated <laughs> all of it. And my best friend was in education. She was um, getting ready to graduate, and so. I mean, I'd started college before her and I was still going because I hated it so much because it was not college that I hated. I just didn't like the business classes, but where I was at, we just didn't have a lot of opportunities or other options except for education. And I, you know, at the time I was like, you know, I don't know. I know I just always had been a business person. And so I had started subbing and she was getting ready to graduate. And I'm like, you know, I really just love the atmosphere of school, just being around the kids and stuff. And, you know, I started having babies shortly after that. And it just was like, you just, 
I don't know. I just went in one day. I'd already signed up for all my business classes and I went in and I completely changed my major, dropped all those classes I had. I mean, we're talking like a week before the fall semester was getting ready to start and I switched everything. I even had one of my teachers from the business classes. He called me and he was like telling me some stuff. I'm like, um, I forgot to tell you, I switched majors and I'll no longer ever be in your classes again. (laughs) So he's like, Oh, okay. So, and I have not regretted a day since then. Mm -hmm. You're right. If it's there, I mean, it's like a missionary. If you are meant to do that, yeah, it is, you will know, and it is your passion. So I totally totally agree. Totally get that. So, so where do you see yourself in five years? Where do I see myself in five years? You know, that's always been a really hard question because if you asked me five years ago, I didn't know that this opportunity existed. And five years before right. that, I wouldn't have known that that five years ago opportunity even existed. Um, I always thought that you walked into a school on your first day as a teacher and you left 25 some odd years later and retired. Right. Um, that's, I, I don't know why I thought that, but it's just sort of what I thought. And then I remember being in my very first school for five years. It was a tiny little school and our numbers were getting smaller and smaller each year. They ended up closing the school. And I, I was shocked because I didn't, it, that was, it didn't compute to me. What do you mean there's closing a school? I'm just supposed to be here for another 20 years. Right. So that very first forced change all of a sudden sort of opened my eyes to um, different spaces and different, uh, learning opportunities. So moving to my new school, um, I met new people who had new strengths and, uh, I met new challenges. And then all of a sudden I started getting really interested in, um, technology in the classroom. And then I sort of at that point learned about other opportunities within my school board involving technology, things that I didn't even know existed. So I started moving sort of toward that direction. Um, and then I, again, I ended up switching schools um, and I, I moved into kindergarten, which was something that I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick this out for a while, switch schools so I could start kindergarten um, in, a, in a new community. And then um, tech, the technology part of me just sort of blew up and I started doing a whole lot more with technology and I was putting it out on social media And then I started going to conferences. And then from there, all of a sudden, I started presenting at conferences. Again, something that I would have never thought was going to happen. Right. Um, And then from presenting at conferences, I met Brian. And, you know, here we are just over a year later. So I, I don't know where I see myself in five years, only because I don't know what exists in five years. Right. Um, I can tell you that I don't stand still. Um, I sorry, I don't stand still. I, um, I, I, ha- I want to continue the Gracie series. That is, is something. So we're on uh, book three by now. Um, I, I'd like to write my own leadership book is something that I'd like to do. And I would really like to, um, I want to share Gracie in large audiences. So I'm very grateful I get to be a keynote speaker at the bike conference in Manitoba in February. And that's something that I'd like to continue to do is share that message of Gracie and share the, um, the idea that, you know, the integration of technology and coding in our programs for our youngest learners is so important. So where am I going to be in five years? I don't know. What do I want to accomplish between now and five years from now? That I do know. That yeah, I do know. And, and the list will just continue to grow as new opportunities arise. 
So do you see yourself staying in the classroom till that 25 year mark or do you do you see yourself moving into leadership position? And I don't know how it works in Canada. I know here, you know, you you take your classes and you move in, you know, when you're ready. And, you know, as long as you pass the test. Um, so, so do you see yourself ever doing that or do you see yourself maybe just moving into more of just the consulting end of things or? Um. I don't know. I don't know. I always say never say never to right. sit here and say, you know, yes, um, I'm going to be an administrator or no, I'm not going to be an administrator. I, I don't have that answer yet. Yeah. I don't have that answer yeah. yet. Again, you know, I, I used to have those answers and then I just discovered that more opportunities open up that I didn't know existed. And right. then all of a sudden my path just completely veers in, in a different direction. So yes. Um, yeah, I, there's, like I said, my, my goal is to continue writing. My goal is to continue um, consulting. And, you know, I love the classroom and I love what I do. I've had, there are opportunities within my school board to, you know, do some consulting and stuff, but it would pull you out of the classroom. So um, yes, when those opportunities arose, it wasn't something that I was interested in only because I didn't feel like I was ready to leave yet. Not that I wasn't yes. ready for that position. I wasn't right. finished what I was doing now. So, yeah, I I totally understand. And God has a great way of um, putting things in front of you that you didn't know he was going to put in front of you. So I I have a lot of things that he has put in front of me that I totally never expected. Um, A podcast being one of those. So (laughs) I love love listening to podcasts and I was like, I'm not ever going to do that. Yeah. Well, look at this. I am. So, yeah. So I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So what is one techno tool that you would recommend? Like maybe to someone who they're really interested in technology. They're not super savvy with technology yet. What's something that you would recommend that they start with? So if I'm going to look at um, a, a piece of technology, like a, um, you know, if you're looking at starting, I think it would really depend on on where you are in your in your journey. If you're looking for something, say coding, for example, uh-huh. um, you know, I really like um, any of the entry level robots that um, you know the mouse. I think it's Mousebot is what it's called. Bbot is something that we use in our school board, so I have quite a few of those. If you're looking at that entry level into coding for yourself or for your for your younger students, that's something that we use all the time. Um, what I love about Bbot is that there's also uh, Terrapin, which is the company that makes them. And I'm not plugging, I'm not getting anything for free or, or anything right, of the sort. Right. I'm speaking solely from experience now having taught uh, our youngest learners in person and online. Um, what I love about Bbot is that uh, Terrapin has a Bbot emulator. So um, you can just go to their website and you're if you're teaching online or hybrid, um, you have the access to the the bot and it looks exactly the same and it works exactly the same. It functions the same and it's great for the, your, your online learners can have the exact same program that your face-to-face learners have um, in terms of the robot. And it's so, I don't want to say simple because I don't think that's fair, but it's, it's very, uh, it's not intimidating. It's user not an friendly. intimidating piece of, user yes, friendly. very, very user-friendly. The kids um, buy into it immediately. It's this cute little, you know, robot looks like a bee, um, and they. It's just by pushing buttons is how they make it work. And so, so good for as, your grade level, like absolutely kindergarten, first grade. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I even use it up to grade two and up to grade three. Eventually in grade three, it's going to get pretty old um, because it, it, it will be very simplistic for, for their right. abilities. Right. And to be honest, many of the grade ones that I teach have now been using Bebop for two years because I taught them in kindergarten the last couple of years. So even for them, they're looking for a more of a challenge. Right. Um, but if you're talking entry level, that's definitely something that I would recommend for, for any classroom. Okay, awesome. So give a piece of advice to new teachers coming into education during this unprecedented time. It's pretty, okay. pretty tough. And so, I mean, I started a new job at a district that I've never ever been in and there's some new people here and they kind of, you know, they've had, they've struggled. I mean, even some yep. of the seasoned teachers are struggling. So what could you give what kind of advice could you give to them? So I can be very honest and transparent. Um, we moved into hybrid learning and it has been the most um, difficult thing that I've ever encountered as an educator. Um, I, find the the hybrid piece very very challenging for me because I feel like I, I'm I'm required to do two very very different things teach face-to-face and teach online at the exact same time yes. and I haven't mastered that yet and I haven't met anybody who has mastered it yet right <laughs> so right I'm, I'm I'm doing my best and you know for the first couple of weeks it took an absolute toll like I can be honest and tell you there was not a day for the first two weeks that this was happening that um, I wasn't sitting in my car by 3, 45, 4 o'clock sobbing because yeah. it was just such a difficult day. And there were days where I didn't want to get out of bed to go to work because it was just so incredibly challenging. Yes. Um, I eventually had to um, accept that and I had to let a lot of things go. There was a lot of things that I wasn't able to do just because you know, this type of learning style or rather teaching style, um, this model of education doesn't allow for it in times like this. Um, you know, all of the things that I used to do were things that we can't now do, you know, that we, we can't share the things that we were sharing. We can't sit certain ways to collaborate. And I found that, I found that to be very, very difficult, um, with time and patience for myself and grace I was able to accept it, come to terms with it, and sort of find ways around it. Um, I haven't been able to find a way around everything. I've just come to accept that it is what it is. Yes. And so, you know, it was it was hard for me. Somebody had asked me that question before, you know, what advice do you have for teachers right now? And I honestly said, I don't have any advice because I'm not coping. I'm struggling. I mm-hmm. need the advice. And when I sat and really thought about it, I kind of went right back to my why and my why are these kids? Why am I here for, for them? So my day is spent doing, (coughs) excuse me, my day is spent doing everything for them. And while it may look chaotic when you're standing in my doorway, um, it may look trivial if, if you don't know the ins and outs of, of what I'm putting out there, I know that it's important for them. I know that it's what they need. Um, and I'm confident in that. So I come to realize that the advice that I would give anybody who's struggling right now, not necessarily new teachers, because, hey, we're all new teachers as of September. Nobody's ever done this before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I could have come into this classroom um, in a regular year and planned with my eyes closed for the rest of the month, just because experience allows that to happen. We can't do that anymore. And so the advice that I would give any teacher struggling right now is 
and it sounds so hokey, but honestly, believe in what you do uh, for the better. And we're not going to reach every kid, um, but you're going to reach one kid. And that is your purpose. Yes. Um, you know, and it's one of the stories that I live by in teaching is the starfish story. And if you're not familiar with it, the starfish story, there's a number of different versions of it, but essentially there is a little girl or boy on a beach. Um, and this man is walking down the beach. He sees a shadow appears to be dancing. And when he gets closer to the shadow, he sees that it's a little girl or boy. And that little person is picking up starfish and throwing them into uh, back into the ocean. And the man says, what are you doing? And the child says, I'm throwing, I'm putting starfish back in the ocean because the tide has gone out. And the man says, you know, but there's hundreds of starfish. And there's only one of you. You can't possibly make a difference. And the little girl picks up a starfish and throws it back in the ocean and says, but I made a difference for that one. Yes. And that is something that I reflect on. And that is a piece that I try and take home every day. You know, there's, if I have a list of a hundred things I want to accomplish um, on most days, maybe I accomplish two of those things, but in those two things, I've made a difference for that one little starfish. And that is where your focus has to be on that one starfish. Yeah. What a great way of looking at it. You know, Jake Miller from educational duct tape, he um, mentioned a few episodes ago um, that he gives himself grace. And right now Mm -hmm. everybody needs to give themselves grace because like you said, this is new to everybody. And, you know, even on a great day in, a regular classroom with no COVID, you know, things happen and you would give yourself grace on those days. So why is this any different? Just because, you know, because this is much harder for everyone. Yeah, it really, really And no is. one, no one is alone in this. So yeah, give yourself grace and rely on your, your peeps. Definitely. Yep. So, so. All right. Well, Daphne, it has been wonderful having you on today and I am super thankful that you agreed to come on and um, be my first guest. And so is there anything you want to leave the the podcast, our listeners with? What do I want to leave with? Well, um, well, actually, if I, if I might, um, the third Gracie book is coming out any day now. I'm super excited for that. Um, the, the second in the series is called What Happens When I Learn to Code. And that is a book that uh, Brian and I actually put out together this past summer. And it's sort of a companion guide to the first Gracie. It talks about all of the uh, soft skills that kids learn when they learn to code. And then the third book coming out any day now is called Gracie the Maker. And Gracie the Maker is about Gracie and her new classmate, Edie. And together, they have to figure out a way to help their class pet, which happens to be a tortoise. Oh, and, well, that's uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of STEM. Um, and they uh, they got to work together to, um, to to create a little machine to help to help feed their their tortoise. And, um, and that comes out any day now. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, super exciting, super exciting, and Gracie is super cute, and um, did I see on your book that um, you are the illustrator also? So I illustrated the second book. Um, okay, okay. Yes, so I illustrated when what happens when I learn to code, and that illustration was based on the illustrator from the original series, uh, or the original book, rather. Um, her name is Alexandra Massey. She's amazing. She illustrated the first Gracie and she's illustrated this second one, uh, sorry, this third one. Um, the second one I illustrated based on, on her, her drawings and her right. sketches. Well, so, that's pretty yeah. cool. I can't draw anything hardly. So um, <laughs> kudos to you for being artistic as well as 
techno savvy. Thank <laughs> so, you. So, all right. Well, you have a great evening again. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, as soon as I get things worked out, I will send you a copy and let you hear. Amazing. <laughs> Make sure that it's okay for the public. So Yes. Amazing. All right. You have a great night. And again, thank, thank you, you so too. much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you, Melinda. Yeah. Nice to talk to you in person, sort of. Yes. <laughs> face to face, at least. Awesome. All right. Thanks. All right, Melinda. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Right, thank you for joining me today on Empowered Educator. All of the information and links from today's podcast will be on my website, empowerededucator.com. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Remember, professional learning should be sustainable, applicable, active, and targeted. So power up for personalized professional learning to go.